there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and today's episode is sponsored by AHEAD. Are you looking for accessible care to help you better manage your ADHD symptoms? AHEAD is an online mental health service there to provide you care for your ADHD as well as other mental health conditions commonly associated with ADHD like anxiety and depression. Their team of trained professionals are available to help make a very challenging process for ADHDers a little easier to manage. For more information, find them at helloahead.com. Thank you all for joining back into another episode, and today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about perfectionism. But before we get started, don't forget to check out my sponsor, as well as going over and checking out my website, theadhdlady.org, for all of these wonderful programs that are coming up. A link to both can be found in the show notes. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit all those wonderful buttons to learn more. Now let's dive in. So this week, we are going to be talking about perfectionism again, but in a completely different context than the last time. This episode does come with visual aids over on my YouTube, but even without them, it's a great thing to kind of go over and look at in this context. What we'll be talking through is actually the beginning of my perfectionism unit that I'm having a class on this weekend. And it's really important in the context of ADHD. Perfectionism for ADHDers is not always what we think perfectionism presents itself as. Because so often we have this picture of, well, if you're a perfectionist, that means that you're doing all the things. You're getting it done and you're getting it done perfectly. But oftentimes for us, perfectionism looks like, well, I'm not even going to start the thing. Why bother? I'm not going to be able to do it right. So why even start at all? Or it's, well... I did it perfectly that time, but I don't think I can do it perfectly again, so I'm just not going to do it. This is the battle that most ADHDers have when it comes to perfectionism. So what I want to talk about today is a sampling of my perfectionism unit because this is a real struggle. And it's not just a struggle for ADHDers. There are plenty of neurotypical people that can be impacted by perfectionism, but for us perfectionism usually develops as a shield. It's something that we've put on ourselves to protect ourselves, to be able to, you know, function in a society that really, really isn't built for us. So what we're going to talk about today is how to shift some of those mindsets. And if what we're going to talk about today does resonate with you, I do have a couple of classes coming up going more into perfectionism and management. This is just the start of it all, the tip of the iceberg, if you will. So I'm actually going to um, provide some visuals for this and we're going to talk through it all together. When we're talking about perfectionism, like I said, it is not just, oh, I must do it all perfectly. It's also the refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. So I can't even bother touching it because it won't be perfect is a refusal to accept that other standard too. We have a lot of common traits that come up with perfectionism. The first, of course, being that perfectionists tend to be highly critical and especially 
very critical of themselves, that we constantly feel like we are not enough. We are not doing enough. We are not good enough. We will not be successful enough or valuable enough. And so we are going to criticize everything about ourselves. But this can also translate into that criticism being put onto those around us too. And because of this, we can really be paralyzed by fear. Usually it's that fear of failure. That's usually where the fear comes from. But it's also a fear that we won't be accepted, a fear that we won't find the community that we need to find, that we won't have the life that we want to have. Perfectionism also presents with all or nothing mentality, that if I do not succeed, then I have failed, that it's not, oh, I can try again, that it's black and white. And now ADHDers know that that all or nothing mentality is basically our whole existence. (laughs) We are constantly in a battle with that flexible thinking that we can be really inflexible and think that it's got to be this way or this way. And we have a hard time seeing the shades of gray. And if you throw in any autism, then, oh my goodness, there is definitely going to be a lot of rigid thinking there. And I can truly say from my own personal journey that this is one of the biggest things that I've had to work on in therapy because that black and white, all or nothing mentality meant that I was stuck a lot of the time because if I couldn't see the shades of gray, if I couldn't see the choices in between, then I would have nowhere to move not having choices in my head, thinking that it was one or the other and nothing else left me feeling stuck and paralyzed all the time. And now my go-to is, okay, so what are the options here? We recently had um, a possibility that we might need to move. And right now, There is not a lot on the market, especially within the budget that we need so that we can save to buy a home. And so the black and white side of me wanted to be like, well, no, we have to stay here or we're going to be homeless. (laughs) That That was where my head went first. But the reality wasn't that. The reality was, okay, well, there are choices. You know, we can try to find something that has the amount of bedrooms that we need. We can try to find something that, um, you know, fits our needs in another way. Um, Or, you know, I could find an office space and we could get something that, you know, is just a two bedroom. Um, But luckily, you know, that's, that's not the circumstance. Um, We are, we are staying put, we're renewing our lease, we're good. Um, But that all or nothing mentality really wanted to kick in and turn on right away and get me into that black and white of the situation. And that would have left me so stuck. Then being a perfectionist means that we're also likely very goal or results focused. Um, (laughs) So, you know, this would be more on that like other side of perfectionism where, nope, I must constantly be going towards this, this, and this. And when we're very goal focused, so this is something that I'm seeing, um, you know, in my neurodivergent mind and body group, which is amazing. And you can still sign up because all of the info is out there for the entire month. So, and we're still in week one, friends. So I highly encourage you to go check it out um, as it is a self-paced resource. But being very goal or results focused, um, let's talk about in that 
mind and body group. So, you know, someone might be really results focused on, well, I must, um, you know, be incredibly active or lose a certain amount of weight, uh, which isn't, you know, what the, the goal of the group necessarily is. The goal of the group is incorporating wellness to better help your ADHD brain, you know, incorporating movement and how to shift you know, when, when even just feeding yourself is hard, how do we make it a little easier? Um, Cause we're working on the executive dysfunction of taking care of ourselves. We're working on moving our bodies in different and fun ways, grounding ourselves, connecting our mind and body. That's the yoga and breath work instruction that happened today it was incredible for that, for you just learning that, Hey, my mind and body are intertwined, even though I disconnect them pretty often. Um, so that's what the the purpose of the group is, but there's still this need when we talk about wellness that, oh, well, I have to, you know, quantify it somehow. I have to put a certain number on the scale and then I've met my goal. Releasing those things means releasing a little of that perfectionism. And my gosh, it changes so much. And the other part of the perfectionism is that if we don't meet those goals, it can completely deplete our mood. And then that can also result in defensiveness. Um, an example that I like to use here is uh, over the summer, my partner uh, needed the car and um, my car had just broken down. And so I went to the grocery store and he needed the car at five o'clock. Well, I got home, I want to say at like 5.10 and he was like, you know, I thought you left at three. Were you really in the grocery store for that long? And I was like, no, I left at four. I was adamant and defensive that I left at four o'clock because I didn't want to admit that I made a mistake. My time blindness kicked in and I had really spent two hours at the grocery store, which I mean... I think we've all done that at some point, right? Because the grocery store, one, can get super overwhelming. And two, if you're like really on a mission to like fill your entire pantry, which I was that day, that time just goes by. I also was trying to listen to a few podcasts and I think I got kind of caught up in just like the pace of walking up and down and looking at every single thing in the aisle and then standing there and getting some decision overwhelm. So yeah, it was a two-hour process that I did not want to admit was a two-hour process because even though I consider myself a recovering perfectionist, that doesn't mean it just magically goes away. It is still something that I actively need to work on day in and day out to release that perfectionism, to transition into just having high standards as opposed to unrealistic expectations. But perfectionism can also result in procrastination. You know, oh, I, I don't have the right material, so I can't do it yet. I had a sewing machine that I refused to touch for years because I didn't know how to use it. And because I didn't have the perfect knowledge, because I didn't know if I would succeed at using it, it just sat in a box. And it didn't get pulled out until COVID started. And I did a um, like Zoom call with my friend who taught me how to use the sewing machine. And then I made like two or three things and was like, oh, that wasn't why I built it up in my brain to be all these years. <laughs> but I procrastinated for years to even touch it because I was so scared 
I was so scared that I wasn't going to do a good job. And perfectionism really does cause low self-esteem. It can be scary to, you know, not meet those goals, but also it can be really damaging because when we feel like we're not enough, that, that place is really hard to live in. Perfectionism also can cause some competitiveness. Um, we used to joke around that, oh, no, I just get the, the competitiveness from my dad. No, I got the perfectionism from him. <laughs> and that's what made us competitive was it had to be good enough. And then perfectionism can result in us being controlling. Because if we can control the whole situation, then it will go exactly how we had in mind. And that's just not realistic. So I want you to take a moment and ask yourself, what does perfect mean to you? If you're really sitting and thinking about it, what does that mean? And now we're going to talk about perfection versus high standards, because there is a difference. It is okay to have high standards for yourself. It's okay to have big goals for yourself. As long as those goals don't paralyze you, because those goals are supposed to help move us forward. They're not supposed to keep us stuck, to keep us hurting, to keep us in one place that we can't move from ever. Perfection is different than high standards. Perfection sits there and says, nope, I can never make a mistake ever. Again, it's that all or nothing. Because if I make a mistake, then I am a failure. Instead of the person with high standards who goes, you know what? I really do want to try to avoid mistakes, but I can learn from them if they happen. It's not a bad thing if I make a mistake. It's a lesson. I mean, think about some of the, <laughs> the most iconic people. They're, you know, Oprah Winfrey. She was fired from her journalism job and now is one of the most powerful women ever and such an incredible role model to so many. She made mistakes and she learned from those mistakes. And that really is an inspiration because that teaches us that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Because each mistake is something that we can have that education and growth from. But a perfectionist, they're going to sit there and say, nope, failure is not an option. But, you know, the person with high standards says, oh, failure is a part of life. And that brings it back to, you know, Oprah or Michael Jordan. You know, some of the most successful people overcame great failings. And if you are watching the visual of this, uh, you will see that I made a mistake here. Oh, no. I switched the O and the F for of. Huh. Well, I guess I can learn from that mistake and just try to check my work better next time. Mistakes are part of life. And I do not just become a failure for this tiny little spelling error. A perfectionist will sit there and they usually are also people pleasers. So they're going to sit and think, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I need to do to ensure that people like me. I'm going to give gifts. I'm going to give all of my time. I'm going to make sure that this person is happy so they don't go anywhere. 
we will never make everyone happy. And I wish I could say otherwise, but it's true. Think about yourself. I mean, does every single person in your life make you happy 100% of the time? Probably not, because that's unrealistic. And to hold someone to that standard is also unrealistic. So why hold yourself to that? That's really unfair. Someone with high standards will be kind and respectful, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to like them. And this is a really hard one for me. I've battled this a lot on my own personal journey, especially when I battled other people spreading lies and rumors against me a few years ago. Um, A relationship in my life had ended and there were very blatant lies being told. And, you know, at first, I was like, no, I need to defend myself. But the reality is that person who was spreading those lies, they're hurting. And they know that I'm fine. I am fine without them. So they needed to do that to help themselves. And honestly, I don't care. I really don't care because I am at so much better of a place now than I ever imagined that I could be. I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. I am the most successful that I ever thought I could be. And that is in spite of all of those things being said negatively about me. Because any negative thing that I said about them, I've got receipts for. I know the errors that they made, but that's okay. I know that there's people that those lies have been told to that aren't going to like me. And I know there's people that are just going to scroll through my social media and be like, oh, she seems pretty choogy. Oh, she seems like she might be a little stuck up. Oh, I don't like her. Okay. When I was struggling with perfectionism day in and day out, no, (laughs) I would have never been able to say, (laughs) okay. But now I can because I know my worth. I know my value. I know what I bring to the table. I know the help that I provide. And that is because I am not worried about being perfect anymore. I want to do my best. I have high standards for myself. I have a five-year plan. Also, never thought I'd have a five-year plan, but I do because I know what I can give. And I want to keep building and giving more to this community because this community, the neurodivergent community, specifically the ADHD and autism communities, they are part of me. But I know even in those communities, not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to vibe with me. Some people are going to be like, oh, she talks too slow. Oh, she does this. Oh, she does that. Oh, she you know, gives this advice and I don't like it. That's fine. There are plenty of other voices that can be helpful. I hope that I can be helpful to you. I really do. But it's okay if I'm not. I'm not a failure if I'm not. Because not everyone is going to like everyone. And that means that not everyone is going to like me. I'm just going to do my best to be kind. Not nice. Nice is fake. But kind. Where it is genuine. 
where I really do care about the people in my life, especially my clients. My gosh, I care so much. Then we get into the last thing uh, of a comparison of perfectionism and high standards. Oh no, there's another error on my slide. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Because friends, we can learn from our mistakes. It's all right. You are not a failure if you make a tiny mistake. You are not a complete waste of existence if you make a bigger mistake. We can learn and grow from them. But the perfectionist will sit there and say, well, I need to be in control. I need to look like a strong leader at all times. You know, and that's really looking at like those like business type professionals and those types of perfectionists, right? Where it's like, I can't show any emotion. I've got to be strong. Got to be in control. Can't let anyone see the real me. I can't be vulnerable. Vulnerability is real. And a person with high standards knows that, well, strong doesn't mean that you can't let your emotions show ever. Just do your best to manage your reactions the best that you can. You know, there's a time and place for certain outbursts. But if you get into a different emotion that isn't as widely accepted, you are not a failure for that. So I want to talk before we end today about a few different types of perfectionism, because these are things that we struggle with without even necessarily realizing that we struggle with. And if any of this is hitting home for you, I highly encourage you to check out my class this weekend. It's recorded. So if you can't attend the whole thing, if you can only attend an hour or two, this is something worth learning more about. This is something worth diving deeper on. But there are three primary types of perfectionism. The first being socially prescribed. Now, this is the most common type of of perfectionism, not just for ADHDers, not just for autistic people, but for people in general. Because socially prescribed perfectionism is the perfectionism that is placed upon us by our society. The high, high expectations, the unrealistic expectations that society presents to us so that we constantly worry about how we're seen and perceived by others. And I've worked really hard here to unmask and be vulnerable and be myself. It is incredible to just be me and to show that, hey, I am not an epic failure because I am me. And me does not mean that I need to have a specific set of interests to make other people happy because my interests are for me, not other people. If I am interested in something that may seem childish to someone else, well, that's okay. You don't have to like it. I do. But socially prescribed perfectionism sets a certain amount of standards on us that we are supposed to behave a certain way, we are supposed to act a certain way, we're supposed to look a certain way. That's what socially prescribed perfectionism is. It is these unrealistic high standards that are not always attainable depending on the person. Then we get into self-oriented perfectionism, which is basically putting those socially prescribed perfectionistic standards upon ourselves and holding ourselves to those things. And this is another area that ADHDers struggle with. Now, what wound up happening, just going to give a little side note here in the episode, is I realized that I got very passionate in my initial recording and went on a tangent here and a tangent there and started talking for quite some time. So if you decide to watch the visual, it is about twice as long as this episode is going to be. 
But one thing that I have made very clear about my podcast is that I want to make sure that it is accessible for ADHDers. That means that it's not going to be hour-long episodes unless it's an interactive interview between myself and someone else. So what I'm doing now is I am summarizing the tangents that Amanda went on earlier. So self-oriented perfectionism is the perfection that we put upon ourselves. And this can result in us having difficulty with admitting when we've made mistakes and then holding ourselves to those really high and unrealistic standards and thinking that, well, hey, if I make a mistake, then I'm a failure. It's placing all of those societal burdens on ourselves. And then from that, other-oriented perfectionism can develop where then we take it a step further and then we also expect the people around us to hold themselves to the same high standards that we have. And this can create a whole nother slew of issues because we can have difficulty delegating because we don't trust others to do things the way that we would do things. This happens a lot in parenting, friends. Moms have different instincts than dads. That's biological. So there will be a lot of times where moms won't give dads the chance to learn the things that are instinctual to them. So they take over and they take care of all of the kids and are the primary caretakers. Heck, I've even done this in certain circumstances with my partner's children where I'm like, well, I know what to do. You don't have to do anything. But other people can't learn if we don't give them the opportunity to do so. So yeah, they might not do it perfectly the first time, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't get a chance. But perfectionism can interrupt this for us, and it can interrupt our lives as a whole. So what is all of this about? Where do we want to get to? Because you might, by this point, have seen, okay, yeah, a lot of stuff that she's talked about, perfectionism definitely impacts my life. So how do I move forward? How do I let go? How do I not care about the people talking about me, even if they're spreading lies, or even if they're telling truths? Because I know I've heard on a few of my TikToks, huh, you, you do this or you do that. And some of those things, yeah, I do that. But just because I don't line up with everyone's vision of what I should be doesn't mean that I am a failure as a person. That is other-oriented perfectionism. They're expecting something of me that I don't expect of myself. Because I'm allowed to have my own expectations of myself. I don't have to line up with socially prescribed standards. You don't have to line up with socially prescribed standards. You are valuable just for being you. And the place that we want to get to with all of this is to a mindset of progress over perfection. Because in that growth mindset, good enough is enough. Whereas with perfectionism, we sit there and think, well, it's never good enough. I have to do better. I have to do more. I have to keep going. With a growth mindset, we look at what can be, what can this grow into, what can this evolve to? This is my five-year plan. That's where this comes from is, oh, I see what I can do here and I can see where I can help the community here and I see what value I bring here. That's all growth. That's all things that are going to keep progressing and building upon each other so that I can continue to provide that value. Perfectionism is a focus on what isn't. Well, yeah, you did that, sure, whatever, but you didn't do that good enough. And then we focus. We focus on those things that weren't enough. Progress is looking at the opportunity to learn and grow, whereas perfectionism is meeting yourself with judgment and criticism. And with progress, we're, we're meeting ourselves with compassion. We're seeing what was valuable, what 
you know, we could maybe look at improving on what we can learn from what else we can bring to the table. But perfection is just constant shame on ourselves. You suck. Why can't you get off the couch? You should be doing more. You are not doing enough. You're not telling your family that you're busy enough. You're a liar if you do. And I have talked about this in many other episodes. ADHDers are really mean to themselves. And that is because we are told by those societal expectations, those socially prescribed perfectionisms, that we're not enough. But you are. You are valuable just for being you. If you want to see all of what I had to say in my lovely little tangent, be sure to go check out my YouTube page or stop on by the webinar this weekend. There is access pricing at three different tiers over on my website. Uh, Pay what you can. You know, I really hope to see you there. And as usual, if you guys have any other follow-up questions, please reach out. I love to hear feedback. And also, if you guys want to hear something specific in the podcast moving forward, make sure you send an email over to theadhdlady at gmail.com. That came out a little aggressive, but that's all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. And thank you again to our sponsor, AHEAD. Don't forget, if you're looking for easy, accessible ADHD care and treatment, helloahead.com is here to help. Their site and mine, theadhdlady.org, will both be linked in the show notes for you guys to follow up on both their accessible care and my upcoming courses. Thanks again for tuning in. This is your host, Amanda, signing off.